0: Good morning, Covenant Network. It's uh, kind of a a late start there, you know, a few seconds later than normal, I suppose. Uh, I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, October the 6th. So good to be with you today. It's a big day, and it's actually a big week. There's a lot going on, and I want to talk about all of that. So first, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intercession of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, like I said, it's it's a big day today. Um, you know, first and foremost, today is day 33 of our preparation for consecration, uh, to make the Marian consecration tomorrow on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And I was talking with uh, Dan Vonderhaar last night, you know, about Consecration Day, and making sure we have everything we need ready. And the, the big question that, that came up is tomorrow, the day that we make our consecration, we are supposed to either fast or do some form of mortification or penance or almsgiving. And we were trying to figure out if we wanted to do something together, if we wanted to do those separately, um, what's that going to look like? And see, this is the importance of looking ahead because had we had I not asked Dan, by the way, have you had a chance to look at this yet? Because I'm going to look at it tonight. He goes, actually, Adam, I did look at it. And here's what we need to know. I, you know, things I would not want to find out on Thursday morning. I would not want to find out tomorrow morning that I had, in, you know, if, if it was fasting or mortification and no other option. You know, I probably would have eaten something by the time I read it and found out. That's why it's so important to to plan ahead and to look ahead. So. We're still trying to, uh, to decide exactly what it is we are going to do, but, but uh, it will be good. And then tomorrow we're going to noon Mass and we're going to make our consecration. Um, you know, there's a prayer we pray very privately and, and silently after receiving Holy Communion. And then after Mass, we will probably uh, sign, you know, we, we've each prepared a little printout of the consecration and you're asked to sign it. To, to put your name to it. You know, somehow it, it, it adds a little, actually a lot extra, you know, when I have affixed fixed by name to something. Didn't you say you were going to do that? Uh did I say I was going to do that? I don't know if I said I was going to do it. Adam, you said you're going to do this. You printed it out right here. You is that your signature? Well, yeah, that is my signature. See, you said you were going to do this. So maybe, you know, that's... Uh, that's that's an important step. So that's tomorrow, and I you know, perhaps you're making your consecration tomorrow or renewing your consecration tomorrow. Please know we're praying for you. We've been praying for you. We'll continue to pray for you through all of that. And then coming up this weekend, there are a few things I want to let you know about. I'm going to go in reverse order here. I'm going to start with farthest away and then and then work our way back in. So on Sunday, On Sunday, as part of the Rosary Coast to Coast, there will be a public rosary at St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Church in Brentwood, Missouri, which is in our our listening area. And uh, they will be gathered on the front front steps of the church, I believe, just before 3 p.m. to pray the rosary at 3 p.m. And uh, the intersection right there of Manchester and Brentwood is a very, very visible and busy intersection, even on a Sunday. I was over there a few weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon on our way to somewhere else, and I, I was astounded how many cars there were. Um, so a great chance to offer public witness to the power and the need for the rosary. I, I've been told that uh, Monsignor Cronin, the pastor there at St. Mary Magdalene, will be leading the rosary, and I want to thank our friend Paula, who uh, or- helped organize this and let us know. So we're, we're very grateful for that. Now, working backwards, on Saturday, 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 October the 9th, uh, there will be a wonderful celebration of the patronal feast of Our Lady of Victories at St. Mary of Victories uh, Catholic Church in downtown St. Louis. And uh, the the feast day is tomorrow. We, we know tomorrow is Our Lady of the Rosary. Prior to that, it was Our Lady of Victories. This, of course, goes back to the Battle of Lepanto, in uh you know about four hundred and fifty years ago. Four hundred exactly four hundred and fifty years ago, where there was a threat of uh, Christendom being overrun in battle. And the the Pope exhorted everyone, Pope Pius the Pope St. Pius V exhorted everyone, pray the rosary for our protection, pray the rosary for our victory. And uh, against great odds, the uh the rosary conquered as if there was any doubt, you know and I'm sure there was doubt. But why do we still doubt? We see things like this, why do we still doubt? So Saint Mary of victories, let's get back to what's happening Saturday and, and they'll tell you all about what happened 450 years ago. On Saturday, they're going to have a morning of activities, 8:30 a.m. Holy Mass, And then 9.45 a.m. they're going to have a Marian procession to the Gateway Arch. If you've ever been through St. Louis, you've seen the Gateway Arch every kid. I see the arch, you know, every time we drive by. They see the arch at least twice a week, and they still shout out, I see the arch. Um, So it'll be wonderful. It's going to be a very visible public expression of faith. And then once they return to the church, there will be exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and the rosary will be prayed and followed by benediction, and then after benediction, there will be a blessing and veneration with their precious relic of Our Lady's veil. So that is Saturday at St. Mary of Victories, beginning at 8.30 a.m. with Holy Mass, 9.45 a.m. Marian procession, 10.30 exposition, 11 o'clock benediction, and blessing with the relic. Now, working backwards, but wait, there's more. Tomorrow evening on the Feast... ...of Our Lady of the Rosary. I will be actually at St. Joseph Parish in Zell, Missouri. Father Purcell has invited us out there to give a talk on the Most Holy Rosary. Uh, And we're really looking forward to that. It's going to be at 6.30 p.m. Weather permitting, we are going to be in the courtyard or uh, in the Marian Grotto. I haven't been to the grounds there yet, so I don't know what it is. But I know there's a Fatima Shrine outside... I don't know exactly what it looks like. So if you're in the area, bring a uh, bring a long chair and uh, join us for that, 6.30 p.m. I'll be talking about why we need to be praying the rosary. If you listen to the show, you've, you've heard bits and pieces of this talk, um, but why we should be praying the rosary. And I'm going to share some tips. You know, we've, we've spent the last two months really focused on the rosary here at Covenant Network to the point that, you know, right now our show is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know. And I've, I've spent a lot of time really reflecting on this, and, and I think we have some good things to share with you. I know it's been incredibly productive for me. So if you are in the southeast Missouri area near St. Genevieve County, uh, please consider joining us at St. Joseph Parish and Zell. Father Purcell has said all are welcome to attend. In the uh, event of inclement weather, we'll be in the parish hall where there's there's plenty of room. So 6.30 tomorrow night, St. Joseph Parish in Zell. We've got a few more rosary talks we're lining up. Uh, we'll have one for first Saturday in November. I'll tell you more about that later, but that is what is on the horizon. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about respect life. We're going to be talking, uh, in fact, when we come back from the break, we will be uh, talking with Madeline Applebaum and Mary Varney from the Respect Life Apostolate in St. Louis about their upcoming convention. And then later in the show, Dr. Pat Castle is, from Life Runners is going to be with us. So stay tuned for all of that and more. You're listening to Roadmap
1: to Heaven. We'll be back after this. It'll be cloudy on your Thursday with scattered showers and a few storms and a high of 75 degrees. Rain tonight with a low of 65 and more tomorrow. Showers. Thunderstorms on Thursday with a high of 75. But skies clear Friday and we warm, mostly sunny, 82 to 85 degrees for a high. Saturday, even warmer, partly sunny with a high near 90 degrees. Sunday, partly sunny, highs in the mid to upper 80s with scattered showers and a few storms in the afternoon. Today is the feast day of St. Bruno. Born in Germany in the 11th century, his parents were from a prominent family in Cologne. As a young man, he studied in Reims, France and then returned home to dedicate his life to the Lord, becoming a priest in 1055. One year later, he was asked by the bishop to return to Reims, where he was directed to lead a school, which he did for the next 18 years. His students flourished, and one of them became Pope Urban II. In his mid-40s, Bruno was appointed Chancellor of the Archdiocese and became a significant supporter of Gregory II and his fight against clerical abuse. For his efforts to remove a corrupt bishop, his house was nearly destroyed. Bruno longed for the contemplative life and sought a journey in solitude and prayer. Ultimately, he was given land in eastern France where he started a new community, the Carthusians, dedicated to prayer, silence, and manuscripts. But Bruno himself was called to Rome to help support the Pope. After he was offered a position as bishop, which he refused, he instead started another new order in Calibria, Italy, and died on this day in 1101. St. Bruno, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: We are back, and fall is certainly in the air. You know, many of us think of fall, we think of pumpkins. I think of pumpkin patches and not pumpkin spices, and I I draw that line very clearly in my life. I think of bonfires out in the backyard. I think of pots of soup. But one thing I certainly think of every fall is the annual Respect Life convention here in St. Louis sponsored by the Respect Life Apostolate of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm happy to be speaking today with Madeline Applebaum and Mary Varney from the Respect Life Apostolate. Ladies, welcome to our studios.
2: Thank you. Thank you, you, Adam.
0: Um, After a year (laughs) mostly virtual, the convention is back in October, and this year's theme, Walking with Moms and Mercy and Joy. Mary, I wonder if you could share a little bit about that theme.
2: I would love to, Adam. Thank you. So the theme this year is building on the Walking with Moms in Need, A Year of Service. And since Archbishop Nauman is our keynote speaker, we thought it appropriate to carry on the theme from both the year of service and last year's convention, which was walking with moms. So the adding the mercy and joy component, it touches on a couple things. The first thing is that the year of service because of COVID wasn't able to happen in the manner in which Archbishop Nauman first envisioned it on the anniversary of the Gospel of Life encyclical, March 25th, 2020, when it was officially launched. And because of that, dioceses across the country decided to extend it into 2021 and even beyond. So we took our lead from the U.S. bishops and Archbishop Nauman in particular and decided to choose the Mercy and Joy theme. And the second thing is it talks about walking with pregnant and parenting moms in mercy and joy versus judgment or condemnation. Instead, walking, accompanying them like Pope Francis always talks about, walking lockstep with them, providing them resources, providing them help, providing them prayer, providing them whatever they need in their decision to choose life and to choose life joyfully And then the third thing is it also reflects how we want to walk with another set of moms and dads, those who have been wounded by abortion, and how the mercy and joy of Jesus, when enacted out in that spirit of mercy and joy, transform lives, bring healing, bring people back to the church, and help moms and dads wounded by abortion to heal.
0: This is really an important thing because, you know. Pro-life is something that I remember from the earliest of my days involved in the church. I remember going as a uh, young college student out to Washington, D.C. for the the pro-life trip, the the great March for Life every year. But just, I mean, even before that, thinking about pro-life in our parish. And I remember right by the Fatima Grotto at St. Francis of Assisi, right there on Telegraph Road, a giant sign, We Choose Life. And that's where it starts for me. But thinking about this, this is much more than just choosing life or being against the direct intentional killing of a child— in the womb. And in recent events, we have the Mississippi case coming up through the courts and the the Texas case that's been in the news recently. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into that so much. But one of the things I've heard cried out is, well, how can you say you're pro-life if you don't do anything to support the moms? And Madeline, that could not be any farther from the Mm -hmm.
3: truth. Right. It's so sad because that is one of the um, things that they do throw out at the pro-lifers. All you care about is not getting an abortion, but then after that, you don't care about the mother, and that's just not true. In our communities, we have more pregnancy resource centers than we do abortion providers. So, we, the church especially, has been uh, helping pregnant mothers for years. You know, we have so many pregnancy resource centers like Birthright that really are there to help those women who are in unplanned pregnancies that need help, whether it's you know physical help um, with payments made for rent, or if it's spiritual help or emotional help, the church has always been there. And to say that we don't care about anything but the abortion is not true. So hopefully at the convention, we'll have speakers that will relay a lot of this to our attendees.
0: Now, I don't want to give away too much of what the speakers are going to say because we want people to go to the convention. You have Archbishop Nauman as well as Mary McCluskey, who's the assistant director for Project Rachel Ministry, and that's a project that helps parents that have experienced an an abortion before. And in fact, I know of some friends that are involved in that ministry here who, who speak very much to the power of it. Catherine Glenn Foster will share her personal testimony of how she went from being wounded by abortion to becoming a national pro life advocate for the unborn. Moms Facing Unplanned Pregnancies, and Other Vulnerable Populations. And then also Archbishop Rzanski will be speaking to close out the day in prayer. But for our listeners who maybe cannot attend, what are some of the things that we should be thinking of when we talk about walking with moms in mercy and joy? You know, as, as I leave the office today, <laughs> what can I do?
2: Oh, Adam, there's so much you can do. Where it starts for many, the March for Life for many young people, spiritual adoption, your parish respect life committee and if you're listening outside of the st louis archdiocese contact your archdiocese and respect life office ask how you can get involved there's spiritual there's educational there's a pastoral care as madeline was talking about which is that direct assistance and there is advocacy uh, with law and with um, our witness uh, at the national and local events one that's coming up in just a few short weeks about a week to 10 days before the convention is the life chain, which our archdiocese has a huge turnout with that every year where you hold a sign and prayer, peaceful prayer and witness. And there's also 40 days for life that is actually starting on September 22nd in diocese and archdiocese communities all over the country and even internationally. So those are three things I would think of. There's always what you can do in your personal life, in your circles, just be open to those opportunities Don't ever let any mom, however that mom appears, whether a teenager or older, don't let her walk alone.
0: Alright, well some great reminders for us today, what we can do in our own lives and I would say that if you call your parish and say, Who, who's in charge of our Respect Life ministry? Uh, be ready, it, it could be you, you might not even know <laughs> it yet, it could be you, but the, the Archdiocese has some wonderful resources as do our other diocese in the listening area for leaders of pro-life activities in the parishes. The Respect Life Convention, the 45th annual Respect Life mm-hmm. Convention, Walking with Moms and Mercy and Joy, takes place Sunday, October 17th at 9.30 a.m. at the Ritz-Carlton in St. Louis. Registration is currently open, and for more information, you can email prolife at archstl.org or call 314-792-7555. Again, that's prolife at archstl.org or 314-792-7555. Five, five. Now, one last question. What about those who maybe it's too far to come to the convention or they're just not able to get out yet as we continue to move through the ups and downs of COVID?
2: One of the blessings that came out of COVID was the opportunity for the Archdiocese of St. Louis to take and learn how to put on virtual conferences. And so that is what we also have Anyone is welcome. Uh, for $25, you can get a virtual ticket from the Mass with Archbishop Nauman all the way to the closing remarks and prayer and presentation by Archbishop Rosinski and all the speakers in between, Catherine Glenn Foster, Mary McCluskey, and MC Debbie Schlupriese. So if you would like to do that, go to stlrespectlife.org. That's stlrespectlife.org. And it talks about the different virtual options. And we would love it if you would join us. And then the other way is you can get involved if for some reason you're unable to even attend virtually. Uh, Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Go on to walkingwithmoms.com to see how you can join this amazing movement of accompanying pregnant and parenting mothers and uh, building the culture of life in your area.
0: All right. Well, Mary Varney, Madeline Applebaum, it's so great to have you with us. We continue to pray for the respect for life in in all its stages, but especially for the most vulnerable among us, the unborn. We thank you for your work in the pro-life ministry. Friends, we're going to take a break. We will be back after this. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning on Covenant Network. Now, it never fails in the past several years that I go to some great Catholic event. And let's be honest, almost all of them are great Catholic events. So I'm going to some great Catholic event, and inevitably I see someone in a blue jersey that says Life Runners. It's got the cross on the front, Jeremiah 1-5, and I say, okay, Life Runners, those are people that run obviously, and I'm assuming they're pro-life. Uh, the, the jersey is very helpful in putting that together. But, you know, that's about as far as I've gone with it because I've never had the occasion to go any deeper. I'm not a runner. I have several friends that are, but I'm not one, and so I, I never really looked into it. And then someone said, Adam, Dr. Pat is going to be in town. You should talk to this man. And I said, well, let's talk to him. So he's here with us today. <laughs> Dr. Pat Castle, the founder of Life Runners. So good to have you with us in the studio today.
4: Good morning Adam and I will mention the best news of our conversation this morning is that running is optional for life runners and welcome to the team I'm the I'm the first life runner uh, born on 12 October 2008 when we ran the Chicago Marathon to raise money for ultrasound equipment 12 of us and you are the newest life runner in the world and a better life runner than me Because you're a non-runner, which means that you're going to be moving at a pace where people can read your Remember the Unborn shirt better. When All right. They're, they're my contribution <laughs> to the
0: evangelization efforts of Life Runners. So, Dr. Castle, that is, I mean, right off the bat, the, the first question was going to be, what are the Life Runners? Yeah. And you you were the first one, but let's let's take the 30,000-foot view yeah. here for a second. Uh, it's more than just a T-shirt and and you zooming by in the race and me right. You know, coughing and saying, how am I ever going to finish this <laughs> race here? Uh, what are the Life Runners?
4: Yeah, and I like taking the 30,000-foot view because I'm retired Air Force, so I, I know that view. And, look, and looking down at our apostolate began with 12 people, as I mentioned, running a marathon to raise money for ultrasound equipment so moms could see their unborn baby in the womb and see that reality and have the opportunity to choose life. Well, since then, people saw our jersey that says, remember the unborn on the back. And as you described at events, Catholic events, you see a lot of people wearing those jackets and shirts that have a big cross on the front. So Christ said to pick up your cross and follow me. It allows you a very authentic way to live out our Christian identity. So we're doing things that Christians do. And also there's a Holy Spirit dove on the front of the shirt. Because we know that we live in spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit prompts us, propels us. It's real power. Power to do what? To do what Christ asked us to do. Christ asked us to go out and make disciples of all Nations to evangelize. What's the root of evangelization? Invitation. What are the things that Christ asked us specifically to do? He said, Hey, 12, hey, 72, hey, church, go out and deliver people from the demonic of the world and heal people of their wounds. And let there be awe and wonder to draw people into the mysteries and awesomeness of God and the provisions. Healed people heal people, hurt people hurt people. And so Life Runners usher in healing. They usher in evangelization. Why is that needed? Because, of course, we know that we're living in a time of abortion. We know that 64 million babies have died on our clock under the guise of legalized abortion. And we know that there's a bunch of wounded mothers and fathers and families. And so one thing I love about those blue jerseys is that we usher in that evangelization. We usher in that hope. Remember the unborn? We usher in healing. We usher in light and good news. So I love the zeal of life runners, forward, always forward in faith.
0: All right, now started as twelve. Started in as two thousand eight. How many are we up to now? Yeah, uh, be the are, newest recruit. Yeah. I need to know this these morning.
4: So your official number this morning is we're at sixteen thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven life runners in two thousand one hundred and sixty-nine cities across forty nations. And isn't it cool that when I was stationed at Scott Air Force Base from two thousand and nine to 2012, when we showed up, there was 12 life runners in the world in 2009. When we left in 2012 to take on our next assignment at Ellsworth Air Force Base, there was over 400 life runners in the world. You know, Here we are, not even 10 years after that, the team continues to grow in a very grassroots way. People that go, hey, I like the message. Hey, I could do that. Everybody is qualified to be a life runner. Everyone's gotta wear something. So why not wear your witness? Why not, if we gotta, if God asks us to pick up our cross and follow him, why not pick up a four-ounce T-shirt cross, big white cross on the front, and wear that cross out into the world?
0: And that kind of gets into the, the next question I was going to ask. We've talked about what Life Runners yeah. is. Who are these 16,857 people? I mean, we don't have time to do a profile on each one, but are these all marathon
4: runners? Great question. So half the team, there's a question when you register, like you registered this morning, Adam, and one of the few questions, so people are listening, and feel like, hey, I could do that. I'd I'd wear a shirt that we call our jersey because we're a team that says, remember the unborn on the back, and has a big cross in the front and a Holy Spirit dove. If you'd be willing to wear your witness, you go to liferunners.org slash join, register to be a life runner. But one of the questions is, have you ever raced? And notice at the top, the answer is never raced. And then there's a 5K or a half marathon or full marathon. Half of the registered life runners have never raced. They've they've never run, you know, like when you think of runners out in races. But everybody is racing for life. Everyone is in the spirit of St. Paul saying, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, run so as to win. What are we trying to win? Philippians 3, 14, which is we run for that heavenly prize. Who wants to go to heaven listening right now? Do you want to go to heaven? You know, raise your hand right now. if you're. Do you want to go to heaven? Then let's do the things that are heaven bound. And one of the things is let's jersey up. Let's be on the team. Let's be on God's team. Of course, that jersey and the elements are in line with who Christ is, who we
0: are. So not just running in actual races like the 5Ks, the half marathons, the full marathons, but running that race called life, that race yes. to get to the promised land.
4: You bet. And, and we're that example along the way. And so isn't it refreshing to know that, yep, running's optional. Yes, we need everybody. And to give the demographics of the team, ages 0.1 to 101. And how encouraging is this? Of those almost 17,000 life runners, 6,000 of the 17,000 are ages 22 and younger. Think about that. What a great way to prevent abortion that someone enters into be heroically pro-life. They talk about pro-life. What it means to be pro-life And now you've got young people in over 60 chapters across the country that are in schools. And in those schools, the model for the Life Runners school chapters, on the first Wednesday of the month, those students wear their witness to school. Some are in the form of clubs. Some of these schools, every kid in the school has a Life Runners jersey and wears that on the first Wednesday of the month. So if you're a teacher, if you're a principal, If you're a priest in charge of a Catholic school and you'd like to have a Life Runners chapter, what a simple model. What a great peer ministry. What a great discipleship training. In public schools are actually easier than private Christian Catholic school. Why? You don't need a uniform exception. They can just choose to wear that shirt to school. Whereas in a Catholic school, it's sometimes tough to leverage that uniform exception. But isn't this the exceptional issue of all time, life? And what an easy way for a priest or a Catholic school principal to say, yes, we are going to make an exception for students to wear their witness to remember the unborn.
0: All right, now normally, friends, we would wait until the end of the interview to save (laughs) for more information. Please visit. But I want to give you a chance. They say strike while the iron is hot. If you're saying, I am on board with this, how do I do it? We're going to take a break right now so that you can sign up. So, Pat Castle, where do they go on the web to
4: sign up? LifeRunners.org slash join or LifeRunners.org, and there's a drop-down menu in the top left corner, a little hamburger, and you'll see join, join team. takes about 90 seconds to join one of the steps is to order your jersey. And there's all kinds of, opera- it's not just t-shirts. There's jackets, all different forms of jackets, fall jackets, winter jackets, collar church, you name it. There is something that you would be willing to wear in your style. And because we just want people to go, yeah, I'm going to wear this today. You know, I was, I was staying with the Costas at their home hosting my visit And it was so cool when I looked at Steve Costa at the breakfast table this morning. He was in his LifeRunner shirt, and he said, Pat, I'm wearing this to work today. I'm going to go out into the world, and I'm going to bear witness to all the people I work with. What a bold witness. What a great witness. And everyone listening can jump online, join the team, get the monthly updates and order their jersey.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. liferunners.org slash join is how you join. We will be back right after this. All right, we are back. We are talking with Dr. Pat Castle this morning about Life Runners here in – the Covenant Network listening area, which, I mean, w- you talk about who are some of the life runners, I noticed. Uh, Bishop Joe Coffey, who used to be here in St. Louis, he's a life runner. Uh, Bishop Thomas Paprocki from Springfield in Illinois, where many of our listeners are listening on WTTT. am going to say that again, where many of our listeners are listening on WTTT. I can't say it this morning on yeah. WTTT in Springfield, Totus Tuus Catholic Radio. Oh, yeah. uh, let's let's talk about this, though. So we, we get people signed up. We become life runners. We're on the team. What do we do now? What's coming up? Yeah. So
4: the, the simplest form, of course, is that you wear your witness. You serve that role of starting in your family. It's so interesting. A lot of life runners are like, yeah, so, you know, is your spouse, your kids, are they life runners yet? No, not yet. So it's like any evangelization. You start with the people closest to you. You invite your families. How cool is it when you go into a church and you see an entire family in their Remember the Unborn shirts, bearing witness together, teamed up, unifying. And I love that, how it draws it together. But there are events throughout the calendar year. So, for example, it's not too late if you want to join Life Runners, For the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon, which also has a half marathon, which also has a 5K, which also has a 0.33 mile kids fun run, something for everybody. Yeah, see, that's my one
0: right there. I'm I'm in the (laughs) 0.5K, and
4: that's great witness (laughs) because you're walking along and people are reading your shirt. But we're gonna show up there the first weekend in November. Again, not too late to register to come and join and huddle up with Life Runners. So there'll be upwards of 100 or 200 Life Runners. Bear and witness will be the largest team there at the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon.
0: And I hear that's not an uncommon thing. That When we talk about you you go to these races, you go to these marathons, and you look around like, oh, there's a great jersey, there's a great jersey. Whoa, who are those people with all those matching blue jerseys? We've got
4: world record holders on the team. We have the American record holder in the mile, Alan Webb, who's going to speak at our pre-race meal in Indianapolis. Uh, We have his wife, who's a world record in the half marathon, pushing a baby stroller, world record did that two years ago in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She'll be there. And then we have people walking the half marathon, you know, rolling in in three and a half hours. We have people walk, jogging the marathon, rolling in in five and a half hours. And I'm always like, wow, they were out there bearing witness for five hours. So all different speeds, all ages there, all with one purpose to remember the unborn. Matthew 25, 40 says what you do for the least of these you do for me. So we're there to Honor our Lord and Savior, do what He asks us to do, and to love our neighbor to the truth that life is precious.
0: Now, I want to, we've been talking about some of the practical, worldly things about this wearing the jersey, giving that witness, doing the walking, doing the running friends, there's a great opening here because we're not just about the natural world. We are also about the, the supernatural. supernatural world. And so yeah. you know, one of my good friends, probably listening to the show this morning, Jess, she is a runner. She has done more marathons than I can remember. And when she would train, she would always tell Beth and I, hurt so good, hurt so good. Every yeah. you know, I hate it and Redemptive I love it suffered. all at the same time. And that's the invitation. You can take all of that pain of that's training right. and the calf pain and the leg pain Offered and the exasperation up. and you can do good with that. That's true that is true it, it
4: and there is that aspect of the team and in the perspective that we have is is it's relative you know someone just walking out their front door in a shirt or a jacket that has a big cross on the front holy spirit dove on the front remember the unborn on the back jeremiah 1 5 below that message is that god knew us even before we were in our mother's womb just walking out the front door is hard it's hard to do that because you know that people are going to look at that message but it's also encouraging it's encouraging when you go through wow i'm really doing i'm i'm carrying my cross today literally on this shirt i'm really standing up for the least of these and it strengthens us it you know it really does strengthen our faith and it encourages neighbor 99.99% of comments i've gotten about the shirt or the jacket i'm wearing are gratitude. Thank you. And of course, what a great opportunity to then invite them to the team to bear witness as well. Rarely do you get a negative comment because think about the message. Remember the unborn. It's not putting a finger in anyone's eyes. It's not condemning anyone. It's just saying, let's remember the least of the least, those precious unborn children.
0: Here's another beautiful part about this. I might not, I probably will not be able to make it to Indianapolis for the marathon. But while the Life Runners are there, I can be praying for the Life Runners that are in the marathon. You've got these holy cards you've brought us. Uh, it's got the Life Runners Creed. So let, let's talk about this. Do you want to read the creed yeah, for so us and then it. we'll break you it down it, a little bit?
4: Let's let's pray it. You know, we can say it or we can pray it. And so just take a moment right now, wherever you're at, and prepare for a powerful prayer. We're gonna offer this prayer up. For an end to abortion. And this is who the Life Runners are. You ask that question, Adam, like, who are the Life Runners in these blue shirts? This prayer embodies the identity of those who are willing to wear their witness for the least of the least with a cross on their chest. So, the Life Runners, we believe in the dignity of all human life from conception to natural death. We run as a prayer to defend children in the womb so that they may be born and united with our Christian community. We run to build endurance, for this race is long, and we must keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord. We run for awareness, so our culture will view all human life as a reflection of your glory, Lord. We run for charity to provide support for mothers and fathers tempted to abort their child, and healing support for post-abortion women, men, and families. We run to end abortion, for Christ died so that all may live. Guard us all, born and unborn, with your peace, Lord. For in you, life is victorious. We pray and run in your name, Jesus Christ, amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray, pray for, for us.
0: St. Padre Pio, pray, pray for, for us. us. All right, friends, this has been a wonderful introduction for me to know more about Life runner So great that I, I joined up. I'm on the team I've got the jersey. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to get my kids signed up. I'm, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to get into this here. Uh, you know, if you go to the website liferunners.org, you can find all of the chapters there. And here's the best part. You know we're not just called to say, well, I'll, I'll do it if someone else has done the work. You might be out there saying, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. There's not a chapter near me. I'm sure if you contact Life Runners, we'll, we'll, you you can start the chapter. You bet. They'll help you out.
4: You only you need five to start your own chapter in your church or your school. Tell your friends and family around the world about it. It's simple. It's a wear your witness. All Life Runners wear their remember the unborn message on the first Wednesday of the month. We remind all Life Runners in the world when you register, you'll get a reminder to wear your Life Runners shirt, Remember the Unborn on the first Wednesday of the month in unity. And we've got a cheer, but before we do that cheer, Adam, I want to high-five some St. Louis Life Runners. I want to high-five Amy and Steve Costa that are chapter leaders for the St. Louis chapter, as well as Dan Hendricks, chapter leaders, Steve and Deanna Carlson, chapter leaders. They help lead the way, beat that drum, remind people, encourage people right here in the St. Louis area. They've been doing it for years Big high fives. I love that high five verse, John 2, 5. Do whatever he tells you. Five words. That's the high five verse, John 2, 5. Mary's last words in Scripture. How encouraging, pointing us to her son in obedience to do the things that Christ asked us to do. And finally, the cheer for the host, St. Louis era. Let's ring it all the way to Springfield, Illinois, so the national chaplain for the Life Runners Apostolate, Bishop Paprocki, can hear us that Bishop Joe Coffey might even resonate all the way over to Maryland on our board, the, the uh, military archdiocese bishop, as we cheer this. Do it nice and loud. I'm going to give an all in Christ, and wherever you're at, wherever you're at, you know, early in the morning waking up, let's wake up the world with four pro-life. So I'll give an all in Christ. You give a four pro-life.
0: All in Christ. Four Pro, pro Live. All in Christ. Four Pro, pro, pro Live. All in Christ. 4 Pro, pro, pro Live. Dr. Pat Castle, it's been an honor to have you on the show with us here again for more information. liferunners.org. We are going to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this.
1: It'll be cloudy on your Thursday with scattered showers and a few storms and a high of 75 degrees. Rain tonight with a low of 65 and more tomorrow. Showers, thunderstorms on Thursday with a high of 75. But skies clear Friday and we warm, mostly sunny, 82 to 85 degrees for a high. Saturday, even warmer, partly sunny with a high near 90 degrees. Sunday, partly sunny, highs in the mid to upper 80s with scattered showers and a few storms in the afternoon.
0: You know, friends, I recently was surprised to learn that Pope Leo XIII wrote 11 encyclicals on the Most Holy Rosary. So if Pope Leo XIII can write 11 encyclicals on the Holy Rosary, it is not surprising to me that Patty Schneier would have five daily doses of encouragement for us on the Holy Rosary. So here on this Wednesday, let's dive right back in. Patty, so good to be with you today.
5: Great to be here, Adam. And again, we're unpacking the rosary for this month of October. Such a beautiful time of year and a beautiful month the Church gives us to ponder the Holy Rosary. And I've been talking this week how to make the rosary meaningful with Mary as your prayer partner, praying with her and getting meditations to give you something to pray about with each mystery. Another way to make the rosary meaningful, it's actually for me probably the easiest way, is to pray for your family and friends. You know, so often as Catholics, we say to people, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Well, do we really mean it? What does that mean? Is it just a pious thought that we have? Oh, I'll pray for Joe as we, as our head hits the pillow every night. Do we really tangibly stop and pray for our family and friends whom we've said we would pray for? So the rosary to me is that method, that way for me to make it tangible, to commit, to make it physical, to actually pray for my family and friends. So here's an easy way. If you have children, each decade could be for one of your children or for your parents or for your friends. Pick five people in your life that you love and make each one of those people a decade on your rosary. That will give your rosary meaning and purpose.
0: I'm already making a list right now of who I have promised to pray for and which rosaries or which decades I can offer for them. Patty, I can't thank you enough for that daily dose of encouragement. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And as we conclude the show, you know, one of the things I do every morning is I do go to uh, read some of the the Catholic news that's out there. And I was looking at the um, highlights of the Holy Father's Wednesday catechesis this week, earlier this morning. And he, he said something that really just kind of hit me hard today as we were preparing to make this Marian consecration tomorrow. He says, The truest freedom for, that from slavery to sin, the truest freedom that from slave, slavery to sin, flows from the cross of Christ. We are free from slavery to sin by the cross of Christ. You know, as we've been preparing to make this Marian consecration, one of the things I was reading about is that, you know, there are pretty much three types of slavery. There is slavery to our passion, you know, where we say, I'm I'm going to let my love for pizza or my love for television or my love for this or my love for that just dominate everything in my life. Then there's the the involuntary slavery, which we know is so reprehensible, where someone else enslaves us against our will. But then there's a third slavery, a, a very good form, and that's the voluntary slavery. To our Lord and to his blessed mother by, by giving ourselves completely to them, turning ourselves over to them, that we might do God's work through Mary, with Mary, in Mary, for Mary, so that we might do it through Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus, and for Jesus. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's going to mean some suffering. The, the way of the cross uh, goes by the cross. It's not the way around the cross or the way to avoid the cross. It's the way of the cross but it's necessary for you and for I if we want to get to heaven. So let's embrace that cross. Let's remember the unborn today and let us pray to grow closer to our Blessed Mother. I will be praying for you tomorrow. Please pray for me as we reach our consecration day. And let's pray now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Dr. Pat Castle for being with us today, as well as Madeline Applebaum and Mary Varney. Uh, don't forget to check out the Respect Life Convention if you're in the St. Louis area. Don't forget about the talk in Zell tomorrow night, St. Joseph and Zell on the rosary, and the great events at St. Mary of Victories in St. Mary Magdalene this weekend. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.